<clears throat> Welcome back to The Collective. We have another outstanding show for you today. And uh, I just wanted to say that I'm doing my best. Are you? Uh, you hey, oh, hang on a sec. I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> Dude, so so literally strength, you so aren't doing your best. Okay. <laughs> No, you literally see, aren't doing your best. I am doing my best because I, okay. oh yeah. So I want to explain this. I'm doing Man, my best. I'm, so I'm curious now. Jason and Chad, just so you guys know, Sean sent me a bunch of coffee. His personally awesome. roasted coffee from like, like six different types of uh, coffee bean. And, we'll just call it Nectar of the Gods. Yes, Nectar yeah. of the Gods. Gold. Liquid. He makes a good coffee. Yeah. Gold. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, so I just got that in the mail yesterday. And I'm super excited. And I really wanted to have some coffee this morning. And I realized that in order to do my best for the coffee, that I'm going to need a scale. I'm going to need a pour over. I'm going to need to do it correctly. So that's what I'm doing. That was a Shotokan karate punch right in the throat, Chance Bros. Well yeah. done. Well done. That's the only answer you could have pulled out of your hip pocket yeah. that was acceptable. Yeah. Almost so, did your best. And you both have matching cups, which is greatly right. adorable and cute that's right that's right i'm, I'm going uh these are going to be soon this do is your the best one. just do your best mental joe just do your best you got it you know it brother see the best thing is is that right now i'm holding it in my left hand because i need my right hand for the mouse but when i drink it normally it tells me to do my best when i drink it what it should say is right buy a scale chance burrows <laughs> i got i got a scale i just bought one so i got a scale this morning but i couldn't find a pour over setup where mm. uh, so i'm i'm in we'll the market expect more tomorrow oh yes That's i might even do the like pour I'm... over live well, let's not get all crazy there <laughs> 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 uh, but so um just wanted to oh gerard good day gerard how's it going he's following us around following you around there sean going hey, from live to live to live, dude, to live. It's good, good dude yeah, you know happy awesome. to be followed around by guys like him all right um so any uh actually before we get into anything before i get into any stories about my coffee make sure everybody likes subscribes hit the notification bell that way you get your email every time we go live like we did two minutes and 30 seconds ago and uh then you can be reminded hey come join us on the collective and with that does anybody have any thoughts or do you want to dive right into my the story of my family name or um the question that i had for y'all uh, well, you seemed quite excited about your question, more so than the Burlage uh, backstory. So <laughs> you could maybe go with the question. <clears throat> All right, let's go with the question. So I've been thinking about this for, I got a random thought in my head as to have you, it, well, okay. So I'm going to preface this. It's actually, you're, you're going to think about your thought line. first. No, no, no. All right. It's yep. three questions in a line. So there's going to be yep. two questions and then a third. But I'm going to each ask each one of them separately. So the first one is, has there been many times that you can remember in your life where you were really anxious or fearful or maybe right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe uh, Sorry. trepidatious about an outcome of something that you've been working towards. And then you get there and you like you do it and it's like a cakewalk unbelievably easy like you had built it up in your head it was going to be like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then you're like oh whoa whoa wow like <laughs> oh so let's start with that um chad what do you think any when was the last time that happened to you yeah i would say for me it was probably two three weeks ago to be honest as <clears throat> i actually flew out to austin texas for a pretty significant podcast um the gentleman is pretty well connected. So to go out there and, and be invited onto a podcast that, uh, you know, you have all the different conversations and questions and stuff that rattle through your head of, did I answer that appropriately? Did I do okay? Did I misstep? Did I not tie the ends together? Um, and when we were done, he's like, dude, you're, you're a pro. He's like, it was smooth. He's like, you've got good energy. He's like, I normally don't even have people on the podcast. Um, that I don't know, um, but the mental Joe and what you guys are doing piqued his interest, and he only does usually an hour, and we ended up doing, I think, just a bit over two hours. Um, so, you know, I, I beat myself up for probably two, three weeks of how is this conversation going to go, and, you know, will, will I come across authentic, and will will, will my wor words actually not fall on deaf ears? Will people understand where we're coming from with some of this stuff? And boom, uh, 
from what he said and the and the encores that were filming it and all that was like you knocked it out of the park man thanks for being vulnerable thanks for just kind of owning your stuff and and uh pushing forward so yeah that was very recent i like that I like that how do you feel about it now fantastic fantastic um it's just it's out of my wheelhouse right to be vulnerable i've most of you guys know i'm pretty early on in my mental health journey and what i'm what i'm doing there is you know it's outside the box of a lot of traditional thinkings and preparations um so to be able to have a platform and discuss this stuff and just go through it it was it's like another thousand pounds off the old chest right so it's like one more hurdle of that mental bound was done it's out there it's over now i just i just put the head down and keep pushing forward do you mind if I ask you another question on this? Um, and you say that weight coming off your shoulders. <clears throat> is it because the physical action of openly speaking about it and not being able to retract it back, for lack of a better term, is that how you feel like some of the weight is off your shoulders, like openly and authentically getting that out into the open? Or is it something else that uh, has given you a sense of relief? I think all the above. I think all those are very good points, and, and I can agree with all those. I think for me, it was I sat with some disappointment and embarrassment um, for 25 years that you know really held me back um, and my expectations and where I was going to go and how things were going to unfold. And so to be able to kind of vomit that, get that out there, and like you said, now I can't retract it. It is what it is. It's out there. And we had the conversation afterwards. He's like, dude, I can't believe you've been holding on to something that minor for 25 years, essentially. Mm, so, mm. you know, really, re hopefully it resonates with some other, you know, mental Joes, mental Janes out there of like, hey, like, we're all going through stuff. We just got to talk about this stuff. And if you realize you just get rid of it, there's so many more things that are going out there that people are struggling with that are way more significant than what we're holding on to. And so, yeah, it was, it, I think, all the above on all those for sure, Sean. Well, I got one more question for you. The idea that you were, and can you say who the podcast was or is it too? Yeah, early? yeah. No, for sure. Uh, it was a gentleman named Cal Callahan. Um, okay. he, he, he's pretty big in the, the plant medicine ecosystem. Okay. Um, so uh, he's he's got some very close friends. His circle is very tight. Um, there, there is a chance I might be on a Kyle Kingsbury podcast. If you guys are familiar oh, with Kyle Kingsbury, uh, uh, Kyle Kingsbury, UFC fighter or no? Yes, sir. Yep. Mm, UFC yeah. fighter. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I remember when he um, came on the scene with the uh, plant, uh, um, medicine and whatnot and yep. a little more, I would have called him um, open-minded. I'll go with yes. that. Yep. And so that's cool. That's cool. I dig that. Yeah. So, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, kind of get off the chest and express, you know, stuff that's been sitting in the graw for, for so long. And now it's just like, you know, it is what it is, man. The past is the past and it's not who I am. So I just need to move forward, stop beating myself up and let's get this thing launched. So yeah, it was really recent. It was a very recent experience with that. That's all. Awesome. Final question that leads to my punchline. If you don't get mind. It. Get it. So um you you this weight was lifted off your chest and you're feeling better about the conversation now uh from three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. So as you were saying whatever you were saying, what was the difference between that day and the 25 years that preceded it? I mean, you could have sat down and talked into a microphone at any time. So yeah. was it you finally being at the right moment in your life to be able to open up into a microphone or was it the <clears> fact <throat> that the person who was sitting across from you somehow either encouraged you or enticed you or Jedi mind tricked you or hooked you or whatever it was that they managed to either pull it out of you or you felt comfortable in their presence to to say it. So so what was it? I would say I felt comfortable in their presence <clears throat> to say it. Right. I felt I was in a safer space. Um, again, I don't hide it, but from my psychedelic work and, and opening up my my neural pathways and reconnecting things and, and looking at things from a different lens, it allowed me to, you know, essentially put that sword back in the sheath, own my stuff, get get on through it. And then, like I said, he held a space where I was like, you know what, like I'm going to vomit this last hurdle. I just got to get rid of it, man. And it was it just it was so weird. It was just kind of presented itself. There was an opening there. I ran through it kind of dropped what I had set it and and off to the races so same thing I think there's a lot of you know a lot of the quick little questions you had it in there that nail on the head 
It was, it was the space. It was the person. It was the environment. It was me being vulnerable and being open about that stuff that I normally didn't ever want to talk about because I was so embarrassed about it. But now that it's out in the open, it's like, dude, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. You're 19. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the skill set to, you know, have the emotional intelligence. You know, uh, I grew up with a, an abusive father, a, a single mom that was numbed, raising three kids on her own, you know, and we all know the stats on that, right? When you're a single, single parent household, those kids are essentially behind the eight ball, starting off with emotional intelligence and everything else anyways. Right. So, and I was the kid that took a lot of the abuse in, in my family. Um, so just to be on this side and going, Hey man, I, I just didn't have the tools at the, at the age of 19 to make those smart decisions to ask for help. Now that I'm 45, I can look back and go, yeah, it's okay, man. It, it is what it is and, and move this thing forward. So yeah, 45, you've got more tools, still not enough tools. Cause mm -hmm. no, I don't think any of us ever get all the tools. Um, and so that's, that's a really cool story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for poking at prod and appreciate that. I like that, buddy. Kudos I like that, it. Kudos to that host for creating the environment to actually allow you to get that out as well. Cause that's, you know, not a lot of hosts are very good at that and they just kind of take over conversations. Don't let these, you know, the guests speak, et cetera. Um, so obviously yeah. he's done a good job and prepped himself for that uh, to allow you to, to put yourself out like that for sure. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was a really cool space to let that go. And like I said, he created that environment. So it was, I, I give him massive kudos for doing so. Was it an was it an organic uh, unfolding or was it do you feel uh, we'll call it a strategic uh, execution by the host where he I'm not going to say he was cherry picking um, yeah. uh, the opportunity to drag out some cool and relevant uh, topics that his broader audience could engage in. Yeah. But was there some of that going on as well? Was it like a cooperative effort or did you just unfold would, it all? I just unfolded. I, mm. It was so organic. Um, it was, there's a, there's a portion of, in that. And again, it's going to come out, I think in the next two or three weeks, but there's a portion that, you know, I talked about, you know, essentially almost three years ago next month when I almost took my life with mm. my mental health and my struggles, depression and, and so forth. So um, it's all coming full, full circle essentially so i talk about that in depth you know almost to the granular details of what that night looked like and and what that that how that catapulted me forward now um to be a better human being and just be a better husband father person in general and again it's it, it, i i have to hang my hat on it but if it wasn't for the psychedelics or at least the ketamine getting me in this space i, I probably not here today because that that thought pattern that replace is still there not so much anymore. I feel like I'm on the other side of the hill now, if you want to call it that. I can still hear the, the negative voices, but they're more and more faint. And that positive side of me is a lot louder to talk that that off the cliff. So a lot of really good things that unfolded during that podcast. I'm super proud of it. Uh, I swear I'm not going to hog this mic, but I just have so many questions for you that I think are helpful maybe to others. So yeah. um, the, uh, the my, my next question is three years ago, so the reason I'm going to ask this question, I, I've yeah. got to set the stage. There's yeah. a guy in uh, social media right now that I've been following for some time. And, and I know that he thinks that he's trying to be helpful and that he's saying the right things and that he's trying to spread a message out there. Mm -hmm. And his message is about mental health and how PTSD is this demon and corrosive and it's the devil and it's so hard charging and it, it's going to, you know, it's going to take your life if you don't like set up a massive defensive system and he's, he's overdoing it. In my opinion, he's, he's uh, shaking his fist so much at PTSD that it's actually become now a negative story mm. where it's actually switched to a victim mentality mode. And so three years ago, were you in victim mentality or where were you at in, in the sense of a social media um, extension? I think it was, I think the same thing. I think it's a mix of everything, you know, a little bit of victimhood, a little bit of woes me, a little bit of, oh, I can never get over the hump. You know, this is, this is the cards that have been dealt to me. You know, I'm going to be this, this guy forever. I'm going to, I'm going to be another version of my father. You know, I think it's a lot of those things. Um, I think. And were biggest... you, were you actively verbalizing that out into social media? Were you, no, were you God, kind no. of like a, a social representation of such? No, I, I mean, okay. candidly, I hate social media. I mean, the only reason we're, I'm on it, obviously, is, you know, to connect with gentlemen like yourselves or, you know, raise the flag for the mental health and just mental Joe and grow our brand. But 
no, I was never like that. And I don't want to be one of those guys, you know, that's, you know, out here online, like, oh, you've got to do your 30 pushups today or you're a loser, you know, like, no, we, we all start in certain areas, right? Like when I started back on my mental health journey, I really took it one step at a time. That was, okay, I got to get out of the house today. I've got to go at least on a mile walk. It doesn't have to be run. It doesn't have to be sprint a mile walk. That's the goal today. And then that goal turned into, okay, now I know I can do that. Now it's how do I eat right? Okay, now I'm eating right. Okay, now let's notch up the workouts. What do we do? Okay, we're going to do three times a week in the gym and two long walks, right? So pyramid systematically building that. I think there's a lot of people, kind of what you're referring to, Sean, that are out there beating their chest and, you know, doing it all the wrong way. When it's just at the end of the day, I'm an average Joe, man. And we're really all going through this. And if I can resonate with some folks to help, you know, help them maybe recognize that you can put one foot in front of the other and it doesn't have to be a race. It is a journey. Like you have time. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like I think that what could really help a lot of folks in their mental health. I think everyone thinks that they've got to do this whole barrage of everything at one time. Otherwise it doesn't work. And you're setting yourself up for failure right out the gate doing that. As well as having instant gratification mentality, like it has to happen fast or it's not yep. going to happen ever. And you can't have that with that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. It really, you shouldn't do ever, but uh, there's so much of that these days, especially with social media, like you said, that yeah. that's such a negative um, influence, I guess would be the right word. Yeah, 100%. Chad, yeah. what got you out the door on that first step? Was it you? Or it was, was me. It, was it, or was it following someone else? That It was, was just, it was me. Okay. I, I knew I had the determination. In absence of any other external stimulus, it was just you, you alone, no other influence. Yeah. I, and I, I would probably say it came probably after my fifth or sixth ketamine infusion, right? Mm. Like I just had a realization of like, dude, you're not who you are. You know, you had the gumption, you had to go to go volunteer and be, you know, go to second ranger battalion. Like you had that in you. So it's still there. Let's go find it, but let's do it with one foot in front of the other. Like you're not 19, 18 anymore. I can't just go out and do a dead sprint after not working out for, you know, years. So let's. Well, you you can, but <laughs> exactly. there, there are some things other might not go well. Yeah. 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 So I think I think going going through my sessions was it essentially brought me back to to a foundation of realizing that I'm not this complete ding dong, right? To keep it PC, um, but uh, it just and then I started building that momentum. And I started seeing changes in the body and changing my thought uh, thought pattern and, and even changing in my diet. I look at food completely different now. I used to be a guy that if there was cupcakes there, oh, man, you better get there get first. Cause that's it. Because there's <laughs> there's 10 cupcakes. Eight of those things are mine. You know, <laughs> now I look at it I'm like, yeah, I don't really need it. You know, that's one more. If I eat that cupcake, it's it's, you know, one more day. It puts me behind the eight ball of being progressive in my in my health journey. So I look at things in a completely different scheme now. Actually, I'll like tell that. you this, and this might sound unusual or weird or, or way off base. But from the last time I saw you till now, you look uh, more clear eyed and bushy tailed. You actually look like you've got a little bit of extra juice. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I feel that. I definitely feel like I said right now I've been off probably SSRIs now for about seven months. I'm down 50 pounds uh, with another 20 I want to clip. Um, so I, mean, I Dude, always don't you know, get, I always, don't like don't get all overachievy because then I'm going to feel like an underachiever. <laughs> and then we got to play this game. You know what I mean? Next time <laughs> I see you, then we got to go head to head. So we're going to figure you know, it out. Dial yeah, it I... back, bro. Dial it back. <laughs> Competing against Sean is, it's an interesting proposition. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, help, it'll help build my fire to keep going. And, that, and I think that's what it does, right? As I see guys like yourselves and others online, I'm like, no, if they've, they've got a bad back and bad knees, like they're still getting after it. I can do the same thing, you know? So I think it takes leading by example continuously so other people do see it and like you said i i am a lot clearer i'm a lot easier going i'm, I'm still me i'm still brash i'm still to the point but i i just i feel a, a, a different ease about me for sure yeah i see it it's cool i dig it bro awesome i appreciate that brother i like it a lot um <clears throat> Couple things real quick, Morning Satch. Just wanted to catch you catch you up here before we uh, jump to the next thing. And Carl checking in. Always good to see you, Carl. Um, he's going through a little rough spot right now, but it's always good. I got you in my brain, brother. And uh, so let's, Jason. How about yourself? Any point in time where you worked yourself up to just almost a freakout, and then it was 
a cakewalk? Countless. Uh, where do I start? Um, especially, I would say more so in the um, once again in the military, especially the pilot training system. Um, you know, so much competition to just even get in there, and then when you're really trying to get to you know the selection phase of where you want to go and what you want to fly, it's 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 quite cutthroat. So every single thing that you do, you kind of over scrutinize, or at least I did this to myself. Um, and especially when you're doing something new uh, in the aircraft you've never done before, and you have no baseline, and you don't really know how it's going to go. Um, you just kind of, you know, you think you have to do it perfectly the first time. And, you know, in the school, they start very, you know, loose restrictions, and then they kind of bring you in the, you know, sharpen your pencil to the point where you master this, you know, 10 flights later. Um, but, you know, first time you fly a loop and first time you do low level navigation, first time you fly formation and you have no baseline for what that's like, because, you know, you've never done it. Um, you almost build up like, well, I have to nail the first flight or I'm not going to get that seat selection that I want, you know. Um, so not at all to the same level as what, what Joe's got uh in, in his story but um that's a constant struggle i think for a lot of people is is really just the performance anxiety of of getting through all that and then you do it and you're like oh that wasn't nearly as wildly difficult as i thought it was going to be like okay my you know i my heading went off 10 degrees in my loop and you know i was off by you know 0.5 g because you're supposed to hold a specific rate of turn the whole way etc etc but that's what practice makes perfect and so the first time you do it and you have a baseline you're like oh Okay, I can work with that. I can I can figure out where to go from there, and then you just you know refine that craft right down to absolute perfection within you know ten to fifteen hours worth of flying. You know, a couple of weeks later, and you look back at that first flight, and you're like, "What was I so worried about? That was dumb," you know. Um, and and the, that was the whole way through. And I would think the most recent example for me, I would say even more so than that, was Op Pegasus, having done years worth of parachute and ejection seat training knew all the emergencies all that kind of stuff uh but then voluntarily leaving the aircraft for the first time was <laughs> wild um you know when you're flying in the military and you know you're doing the parachute training the underlying tone of that is like you've pulled the seat to get out of that aircraft knowing that you're going to die if you don't so it's a, you know it's there's no hesitation there um it's it's an escape Whereas there, you know, perfectly good airplane and I'm kneeling next to the pilot where I know how to fly the airplane. I'm used to landing it. I've done all kinds of emergencies to do this. And then I've got a seesaw assaulter and two former airborne guys behind me. I've never jumped before. I'm the biggest dude. So I'm first in the door. I wasn't even planning on jumping. And all of a sudden I'm looking back like, well, I can't look like a wuss to these dudes. <laughs> you know? So climb out on the wing and looking over, I let my foot off that little panel. I'm just like, I can't get back in now. And I was so nervous. Like I was just like, oh, it was awful to me. And then you just, yeah, yeah I kind of have to let go and, and do it. And then when I got onto the ground after actually doing it for the first time, um, like, oh, I was awesome. I, I want to do it again. You know, that would be my, that would be my best, uh, best examples. You know, nothing nearly as, as, uh, as deep and, and, and interesting as what Joe's gone through. But for, for me, those are kind of the more moments that I think of. I like it. I like it a lot. Depth yeah. of experience is not really a comparative thing that we can do, right? It's like it, all, all of our experiences are different. And they're all going to be our own personal experiences. But uh, Sean, what about yourself? Uh, anything that sticks into your head where you built it up and then it was just like nothing? Not, not really. Nothing that comes to mind real recent. I feel that I'm sure there are things that I've faced over the last few months or last couple of years or whatever the case is that I was really nervous about and somehow it, it was way easier than I anticipated. But nothing is really coming to mind, to be honest, because I don't find that I, I'm in that position quite as much as when I was 20. Mm. Uh, so... I'm more comfortable with most things nowadays than uh, 40 years ago. But what I did think of is actually the image that I put up this morning on my Instagram feed, mm -hmm. and it was just a target. And um, it was a target that I shot at about 20 years ago, a course of fire. And I was trying to put rounds on top of rounds. And I came pretty close, but I didn't manage to make just one hole. I made very some very close holes and so looking at that target even though i'd done a lot of shooting leading up to that day that that course of fire that i shot is a real test of your excellence 
it's it's a challenging course of fire. I won't get into the details of it, but to shoot as tightly as I shot in the image that I put up today is notable. But in order to shoot notably, you've got to put a lot of pressure on yourself in the moment to perform. And so it's an interesting balance between, I know I'm good to go, but I'm still a little nervous. Am I good to go? I know I am, but the performance pressure of the moment dials it up enough that you should be asking questions of yourself, not questions like, do I know how to work a weapon, but questions in the sense of, am I where I need to be in my head right now? Is my body where it needs to be right now? Is my spirit where it needs to be right now? Am I neutral and capable right now? So those kind of questions, uh, those kind of ideas uh, being put against something that I'd done countless times leading up to that moment, it's if you're a professional or if you care or if you want to be all that you can be, it doesn't matter how many times you've done something once or a million times. If your head is in the game the right way, you should still have a little bit of not full nervousness, but a little bit of anticipatory experience in the moment in order to elevate your game. If you want the most out of yourself, you've got to elevate. You've got to, you've got to address the moment with a little bit of <clears throat> drive. You can't, you can't be so neutral that you're passive. You can be neutral, but a little aggressive. It's uh, I, I'm glad that you went where you went with that because it actually leads into the next, the second question of the three part series. And the second question is three part series. It's, man, it's like I a James one. Clavell oh, novel. You, you don't even he know. Said, that I have been... He said he didn't prep for this at all, dude. It's, I, I mean, like just off, the, <laughs> you know, just off the cuff. Yeah, totally off the cuff. No, but uh, the second part of this is the inverse. How? When was the last time you can remember being like, "Oh, I got this, I got this," and then getting humbled instantly the moment you step foot on the mat, or the moment you step foot out the door, or and just being like, "Oh no, Jason." First time I went back to Krav Maga after taking ten years off and not doing it, um, and just the basic warm up and getting into some of the exercises, thinking, "Oh, I've experienced some of this before; it'll be fine, no problem." <clears throat> and just you know, walking out of there later on, like just I just got my butt kicked, um, <laughs> and it's not the same um, uh, art as say jujitsu, where it's a lot more of a training capacity of um, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, but it's a lot of group work. It's a lot of just individual technique stuff. Um, but it's, it's an experience for sure. And thinking that I was ready for it and then realizing that I don't remember or know Jack um, and how good some people are at, at manipulating people, especially my size, um, was really humbling. It's like, wow, there's a lot to this and I have a lot more to learn for sure. I, I like that. That's a great example. <laughs> there's uh, there's some always some really good ones too. Uh, Chad, what about yourself? Where you got smoked? You know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say just just recently because this is all again in a three year. I've kind of started reinventing myself, so I'm just now kind of getting out of my bubble. Um, the next thing for me is to get into jujitsu. We have a ton of gyms out here in Arizona, some of the best gyms in the world. You know, that are right here. in um, so wanting to get back into that, but I think, I mean, if I'm being super vulnerable and candid with myself, I, as of recent, there hasn't been, right. Because I'm just trying to get back to a foundation of who I am to the catalyst to, to jump into jujitsu or shooting again, or get back into boxing and, and things of that. I think for so long, I had so much negative connotation and thought process that I didn't inch towards a lot of competitiveness because I was scared of failing. I failed at such what I thought was such a high rate when I was 19. I'm like, yeah, no reason to step out of my box if I don't do that stuff kind of hurt. Mm. So when it comes recently, I, you know, there's there's lots of you know challenge, but uh, nothing where I f have fallen completely on my face. If it was a failure, I took that failure and I made it into a win quicker than it was a win for something else. Mm. Learning to fail small, but when I fail small, turning in turning it into a learning lesson. I like it. Sean, what about you? Failing forward, right? Failing yep. forward, I like that. Sean, what do you think? That's a great phrase. Um, so for myself, yesterday, 
was the most recent uh, time. Uh, and then that will be replaced by today, literally by this comment to some degree. Because what I do every day is like I've I've failed so much and I've studied my failures so much that I can learn just as much out of a tiny little failure as I can out of like an epic titanic moment. And so I I'm I'm I really critically analyze my performance on the regular every day. So I do two live chats every day. And then every day I do two live chat reviews. So when I'm done this, just like I'll do with my live IG chat from this morning. I'll watch both of those again sometime today. I'll make time. And sometimes I'll just listen to it while I'm out on my ride. But not this not this one, because this chat, I need visual. So I watch that late at night once the family's in bed. I've got time to myself. And it's not that I'm analyzing all of our performances, but I'm certainly analyzing mine. I'm looking for errors. I'm looking for ways to do it better. Not because I want to win but I'm trying to do it better for the team. So I put pressure on myself, performance pressure to elevate my game. So I'm always looking for tiny mistakes, it, either in my speech patterns, in, in bad habits or something dumb that I said, how I can refine the message better next time, et cetera, et cetera. So every day is a day that I kind of screw it up and I try to do it better, if that makes sense. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so this it's going to coalesce into the larger question that I wanted to ask really, which is what's the difference between the recognition of the times where we succeeded without, uh, we've succeeded beyond our expectations and the ability to recognize that, uh, of recognition of being humbled right, of recognizing that you were there. What is the, what do you think the difference is in terms of cognition, like how we remember them? I think your I think baseline it's... has to be the emotional intelligence to be able to accept either result. I was watching an interesting video the other day um, where it was talking about within the business environment, and this could apply to any environment, um, how often people who know the least are the most confident in what they're doing and they're not understanding how terrible they are at doing it. Whereas other people who are very humble and coming forward with an emotional intelligence are thinking they're not doing good enough, even though they may be, and that kind of self-critique. But having that right mindset to accept both but not being overconfident is how you're going to continue to fail forward and not uh, not be that guy that that just looks silly and acts ignorant um, with all the with all the you know boasting confidence but but doing it poorly. Mm. I like that, Chad. Yeah, yeah. I think it all stems down, <clears throat> kind of, with Jason's you know, emotional intel intelligence and where you're at, right? Like, what does that foundation look like? If you would have, like, right now, I, I honestly, like, I'm probably a month out to have some time where I can actually get back into doing jujitsu and, and rolling on a, on a very regular basis. And my whole thing is because I know my window is short now. Like, don't just throw me up against some other white belt. Like, throw someone in there that, that's gonna really whoop me every single day. So I can learn quicker to where if someone would have told me that 20 years ago, I'm like, nah, just throw me in there with a white belt, dude. Like I'll learn what I learn. No, I yeah. kick my butt. If I kick my butt, I'm going to learn I'm going to fail harder and I'm going to learn next time I uh, come upon that mat or boxing or, you know, learning guitar. Right. I mean, there's a lot of different things. I just, now I, I meet it head on and I want the best out of it because I feel that's the quickest way I'm going to learn. So for me, it's emotional intelligence and having that foundation to recognize that. Yeah. Exactly. Sean, what do you think? Uh, I'll come at it a bit differently. And uh, on, only because, well, I agree with both Jason and Chad. Uh, emotional intelligence is critical in order to better understand how your performance aligns in respect to the normative values out there in society. But what if you don't have emotional intelligence? What if you can't even spell intelligence? Wow. So, <clears throat> I mean, if that's the case, now you've got to rely on, on an external variable called your friends or your acquaintances or your peers or your mentors or a calibrating yardstick that is a constant, not just random people on the sidewalk where you stop someone and say, hey, I know you don't know me, but could you evaluate my yesterday? So you've got to find people, surround yourself with people who have some sort of constancy in your life 
so that they can consistently observe your up or down. And then they are either confident or competent enough to give you feedback, either positive or negative, in order to help calibrate you. Things that you're missing, things that you don't see. What I'm referring to is called a cold eye review in some industries, but that's really what you're seeking. Even if you are good to go, even if you're like the best evaluator of you, you should still seek a cold eye review on the regular so that you're getting an external variable read on your performance on the regular. So, and I'm, I'm just going to keep asking questions because this keep, carries on in my head. What, at what point in your life do you think you were able to utilize both of those situations? Because I remember being younger and thinking that, you know, walking around like, oh, I got this. <laughs> I got this. And even when I did get humbled, it was still like a whatever. <laughs> right? Like it, <laughs> I, I didn't learn anything from it. It was just like, well, that was a one time or that thing happened or what. Like you could, I could make excuses all day long for it. But there was a point in my life where I was like, okay, no, 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 no. There, there's, I need to, I need to rein it in a little bit. And then, you know, you rein it too far to the point that you're just like, I don't want to do anything similar to, uh, you know, what Sean was saying about the, uh, the advocate going around saying, you know, PTSD is a, it's a beast that can never be conquered and we're going to be fighting it all day long. And it becomes this like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. But then there's also a point where you bring it back forward again. And I was wondering where it was for y'all when you, kind of realize that both of those things are not only necessary, but helpful. Me, me, I'm just going to say it's, it, again, it comes back to these, these last three years, you know, and, and Sean and, and you recognize it right real quick. Like, Hey, this, something's different about this cat than there was, you know, a couple months ago. So for me, I know that I'm progressively still, you know, up in the ante on myself to, to continue to, to lead the right way and, and try to lead by example and lead by authenticity and vulnerability. Um, again, I just, you know, once, once, once my, my career in the military went south, I thought it was over. I thought I couldn't do anything anymore. You know, so I lived in that veil of, you know, doubt for at least 20 plus years. You know, meanwhile, I knew, I knew I had something, you know, I knew there was a foundation because you just don't walk into Ranger Battalion, just you know, woohoo, I'm here. No, like you're volunteering to go do something that most people don't even volunteer to go do. So give myself credit in that, in that arena that, you know, I was there. So for me, it's, everything's real recent for me. It really is. Um, when all this kind of comes together because prior, I, I just, I just didn't have it all together. That's for damn sure. What about yourself, Jason? For me personally, um, I would say it was kind of my early thirties. Um, I think life's going to be a constant evolution. Uh, and even, you know, when I'm in, you know, my fifties or sixties, I might look back and think, well, I didn't know, you know Jack when I was in my mid thirties, even though I'm kind of there now and thinking, well, I've kind of really started to figure more things out in the last few years. Um, just, you know, like Chad was saying there, when you go through all these different uh, things, when you're younger, uh, and then you come up and then you, you're kind of having your own experiences. You're sucking up a lot of the experiences uh, of other people around you. Um, and you, whether you're, it's intentional or not, like Sean was saying, you're kind of getting that, uh, that, what was it? What was the word? Cold, cold eye test uh, that you said, yeah, Sean? Cold eye cold review. review yeah. Cold eye review. Um, you're kind of getting those in a micro way every time or not every time, but as you go through. Um, and I think kind of in the, like the you know early thirties is when you kind of bring out your own kind of confidence you've seen and done a whole lot and you can kind of, really take your own initiative and direction you want to go. Um, but that's the way it worked for me. Uh, I still don't know everything at all yet. I'm still working to try and make uh, myself and, you know, business and life better. Um, but that would be, that would be my answer for that one. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's a constant evolution. I like that constant evolution. Yeah. Sean, what do you think? Mm, this, I think you guys will find this fun and interesting and exciting. <clears throat> um, so where, where you're at right now, you guys at your age, um, and that's just the cold hard facts, you're younger than I am. You're in a fun place right now once you understand this, which is something that is relatively new to me. It was a thought that came into my head a couple of years ago, uh, but I haven't spoken about it until now, so this is fun. So when we're all 20, we're surrounded by 20-year-olds and no one knows anything. 
Mm-hmm. And then when we you're think 30, they think they do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and when we're 30, <clears throat> we all know more and we're surrounded by people who know more. And when we're 40 and et cetera, et cetera. So as you get older, the footprint of experience gets wider or more dense, we'll call it. So that 20 year old who didn't know which way was up at 30 knows which way is up and which way is down. And at 40, they know what's also left and right and inside and outside. And so as the three-dimensional model of experience or wisdom or life lessons increases at each decade, that 40-year-old that you're standing next to is 10 times the person of the 20-year-old that you were standing next to uh, a decade ago. So each decade that slides by is a exponential it's not it's not a flat line it's an exponential line of osmosis ability where you can absorb so much experience each decade that's not the case at 20 no one knows anything but at 40 you can you've got the entire world in your hand and at 60 it's overflowing you can't hang on to all of it i've got friends who are my age that I, if I sat down and talked with them for the rest of our lives, we would still not be able to explore all of the knowledge between the two of us. But that's what happens when you're 60. So that's for sure going to start happening for you guys, if not already, where you've got to start paying attention to literally who you are surrounded by, both digitally and organically, because it's your surrounders that will fire off your exponential curve in ways that you can't understand yet that would be my point i like that a lot i like that so here here's the last part of all the questions i have the one question that i broke down in seven pieces when i initially said three so (laughs) here it is do you think it's possible to tell the 20 year olds and have them truly understand that like these next sequences of life and the fact that, you know, as a 20 year old, you need to understand you don't know anything, even though you're sitting there in your head going like, I know lots of stuff. And you're like, I, I'm thinking of trying to tell myself when I was 20 year old, how I would get through to that person to just be open, to be, to be a sponge constantly and to not think that, Oh, okay, I got it. How, how would you get that across to say yourself as 20 year old? Mm, Sean, I'm going to put you first. Sure. I would find it quite easy now, but I wouldn't have found it easy even just 10 years ago. Uh, I I would have had some ideas 10 years ago, but I wouldn't have been able to execute against it as easily as I can now. And and the, the sad part of life is right about the time that you start getting pretty good at it, it's almost over. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I would find it a whole lot easier today than 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. But I think that the important distinction on your question is less about how easy it would be for me today versus 10 years ago. It's more about who's standing in front of me and how little I do or don't know about them. 10 years ago, I would need to know a little bit about the person in order to be more helpful. But nowadays, I don't need to know anything at all about them and i can still be helpful because in in pretty short order i can figure out how to nudge them in a direction that they're going to see positive gain from so i think it's it's about knowing it's about knowing yourself and what you can do for a person and then boutiquely connecting with them in the moment that's a lot different than a 300 person auditorium sitting down in front of you at seven o'clock in the evening where you're about to launch into uh, how to be all that you can be speech. It, that's a less boutique conversation, but I still feel that there's a way to engage with each young man or woman in the audience and have them become all that they can be. But it's just a bit of a different approach is all. And and that's that's our jobs to figure out how who is in front of us, the message, how it's going to be delivered based on the outcome that you're expecting or you would like them to see. Hmm. I like that. What about Chad? What about yourself? <clears throat> I mean, I think it's kind of what Sean said. I think it's a lot easier now. Um, 
one, we have technology, right? We have a lot of things at our fingertips where, where, whether it's a documentary or whether it's something that you could show somebody and say, hey, like, check this out. This might be something you need to be interested in to expand your horizons, you know? Um, so I've, I've used that with my boys, even the fact that I didn't have the right father upbringing. I've, I've already changed how I become a parent, right? You know, I lose my stuff on my boys sometimes, but it's up to me to rectify that, right? It's up to me to take that knee and, you know, say, hey, dad wasn't in the right space. I shouldn't have yelled at you like that. That's that's on me and, and correct that right there in that situation, which is going to give them years of emotional intelligence on top of other kids that are getting screamed at every single day, right? So mm -hmm. I think it comes down to that. Like I said, I think we have a lot of, you know, technology and things at our fingertips that, you know, you can help those conversations along to kind of broaden the bandwidth of someone's understanding at, at the age of 20 as to where, you know, like I said, 40, 50 like Sean was talking about. Yeah. Jason? I think the interesting part about what uh, Chad just said and your original question is that we're actually doing that right now by having this conversation on this podcast. Um, and as you guys do every day when you're doing it. Um, I kind of resonated with what Sean said a little bit because he's got even more experience and accomplished uh, you know, much more so that he he's able to refine his approach into how he would handle your original question. Uh, chance for me it would simply be whether i know the person or not just sitting down and having you know a conversation with them and i mean getting to know somebody you're going to find out what they're going through what you know a little bit of you know what they're dealing with and you can simply relate your experience in that manner to that younger individual and uh, hopefully give them a perspective that will change and that kickstarts the things rolling of uh, them realizing that they don't know it all and that they can pick up from other other people uh, and make themselves better through that shared experience. I like that. Yeah. You're uh, muted, John. I'd like to just chuck something based on what uh, Jason said. It made me think of it. And that is uh, when, when any of us sit down with anyone to have a conversation that we're trying to be helpful for that other person, irrespective of whether I can sit down and immediately know what's up, and immediately launch into a positive, uh, helpful pattern for them, or whether I need a whole boatload of time to do that is kind of unimportant because uh, as long as you step into it and you're, you're trying to be helpful, as long as that person understands the intent, it's already yeah. happening. You, you don't yeah. even have to say another word. In fact, you could say all the wrong words. <clears throat> and as long as they understand that the intent is try to be helpful, if you're a cool person, you'll be able to, through a two-way dialogue, figure it out. It's when someone shows up, sits down, thinks that they're going to do a one-way delivery of all of the good ideas. <laughs> and, and, yep. That's not cool. It's so not cool. Yeah. It's actually making someone backslide, perhaps. So uh, that's my first thought. The other thought that I had, uh, Jason, is this. Let's say I sit down uh, with someone, and and within a matter of milliseconds, I kind of understand their story. I kind of understand where this is going to go. I kind of understand what the calibrated moment needs to be 27 minutes from now. If I understand all of that, the moment that I sit down, I've then got to decide, do I have the time to take 27 minutes and move them through a process where they get to learn how to move through the process as if they're me? So that I'm, in a way, teaching them how to be me for someone else in the future. But if I don't have those 27 minutes, if I've only got a minute, then I've got to get to the crunch. I've got to implant something in their mind that they can get to work on it the moment that I leave 60 seconds later because I don't have the 27 minutes to sit with them. So there's almost a branching point when uh, I'm with someone. It's, do I have the time to teach them to be able to teach someone in the future or do I only have a minute where I make a change for them and then I have to move does that make sense yeah absolutely um and and kind of a flip side of that is sometimes the best thing that you can do um is just listen um yeah, good point yeah you know uh in a we won't get into it on this one, obviously, but uh, over the weekend I had a, you know, plan to be an hour and then it was two and a half sitting down with uh, the gentleman that you both know who's dealt with 
the veterans affairs issues. Um, oh, right. And and just having a very long listen, very long back and forth, and it was awesome for both of us in terms of understanding and, and learning uh, different things about each other and how to how to move forward through that situation, uh, which will continue to be ongoing. But I was honestly just happy to 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 listen at that one. Yeah. Yeah, the nice. uh, the ability to listen, the ability to, uh, I think, <clears throat> I think a lot of us we're so used to engaging something, mm -hmm. right? Like you're just like, okay, it's on. Like let's get, like, let's fix it, let's sort it out, let's we can get to work, let's go. Versus just listening, just sitting, just observing for a while. Not so much detachment of like I'm just not even here. But stepping out of the maybe limelight or stepping out of the front ranks, like being, I'm not sure what the word is, not quite passive, but instead of looking to talk, you're just there, there. Yeah. 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 And there's, there's conversations. I remember, you know, being at the pub with some boys and we're all sitting around chit chatting and, you know, you all got pints or you're in front of a fire or you're all having coffee or whatever. There's those moments where you don't, there's no need to speak right and i think that we should yep. seek those moments i think that we should when we get into a conversation with somebody instead of continually thinking about what next or what question or what uh, this is what i'm going to say next uh, uh, seek those moments of just being there yeah sometimes just being there can be the more and most uncomfortable part because you're not really sure how to react what it's going to you know where, what path it's going to go down um, but in a lot of cases for some people, just being there and just listening is probably the best thing you can do. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Um, any, any further thoughts on uh, this topic? I've been running around, I've been running you guys around on my questions here, but anybody else got any, uh, thoughts on what we've been talking about so far? No, everybody good. Wow. I, I like the idea yeah. though, Jason, of, uh, reinforcing the concept of being a, not a not a patient listener because patience then sort of negatively it's a it's a connotation where oh i've got to be so patient You're while this waiting. person is talking i'm waiting yeah. mm -hmm. uh yeah. but but uh raising the point of being a good listener uh is a skill unto itself and and by being the right person at the right time for that person holding that space for them you're also making yourself better uh, in the moment as well. And uh, I think that sometimes that's missed in the whenever a topic like this comes up as, well, who was the winner? Who was the who was the person who gained in this moment? Yeah. And well, both people are. I mean, it just depends on how you spin it, baby. So uh, I think that I just like to not clear it up, but I think it's pretty clear. I'm just making an exclamation mark behind it. If you're engaging in a sit down and listen moment, that's a win-win for both parties. 100%. I think uh, some of the most impactful words I've heard from people usually sound like this. Mm. <laughs> right, like uh, it it kind of yeah. goes like this. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I'm a little disappointed. They're, those are those are impactful too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> those are definitely impactful. But I, I to go along with the fact of you know I, we're gonna beat a dead horse on this for a little bit, but you know being able to listen, but not just listen, being able to actually understand or, or empathize. Let me put it that way mm -hmm. rather than understand because understanding would... is. I would, I would say you're head on there with the, the empathy. Empathy was a hard thing for me for a long, long, long time. Mm, um, me too. And now that I've been on this other side of the mental health journey, you know, I think for me is no one really listened to me, right? So I think that's why I bottled things up for so many years. Um, now it's just like you said, I'm a way better listener now. I'm not looking to correct a situation right away. What do you got? Vomited on me. Let's go. Do you want the feedback? Do you not want the feedback? How do they want that feedback? Right. So mm -hmm. listening is uh, this whole journey for me is turned me into a way better listener as opposed to a how do we fix it now situation? Yeah, I am still working on that. <laughs> I think yeah. we all are. I think we all are. Yeah. Still, yeah. No That's matter. the big challenge. And yeah, the question for Chad would be so when, you know, these 
uh, I'm unfamiliar with the timeline, but when things started happening for you and you were leaving yeah. the military, you know, how did you find that, you know, the guys that you were tight with in, in the regiment, um, your own family, friends, et cetera, when you're starting to have your problems, how, how did they handle it? Did a lot of people back away? Did you get support from people you didn't expect? Did you not get support from people that you expected to get it from? How did that, uh, how did that evolve? You know, it, it's like I said, it's been 20 years, but you know, when I got out, uh, I was addicted to pain painkillers right and on top of that alcohol and on the podcast i just had we kind of had a chuckle at it, but i said you know for 10 years I, I was essentially pound for pound one of the toughest guys in billings montana you know i mean i was in a bar fight probably every other weekend um and that was way for wow. me to release my anger and aggression and you know dude uh, i remember punching you out in billings so you weren't that big of a deal <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, had, I had my fair share of st getting stomped and whooped up on so there's not an undefeated record there um but yeah i i, I think it was that there was nobody there for me. So I think that created more anger and anxiety and disappointment, right? Because those closest to me were putting up bridges. They were calling me names. They were, you know, you're like your dad or you're just going to turn into this person. And so then you get that on top of all the other stuff that you got and you just don't ever, you don't really see a way out um, to where now it's I a rabbit hole. It is. It is. And now yeah. I can reflect back on it and be like, man, that sucked. That was a rough ride. But what are we going to do with that rough ride? Well, let's turn into some positivity. Let's talk about it. Let's be vulnerable because I know there's millions of other people that have a very similar story. We all have stories and there's a lot of people holding on to stuff that if they would just release it, they'd be a, they would just be a better person. Just talk about the stuff, you know? So like I said, I just didn't have the skill set back then to do so. But now I can look back and go, ah, I get it. I'm with you now. I'm on the bus. So. I think it takes a little while for especially young men to understand that being angry and throwing your fists around doesn't work to solve anything. Really. It, it, it seems like it should, but it, it hurts. Doesn't. It hurts. <laughs> you know, it hurts exactly, but <laughs> it, uh, there's, there's quite a bit to that. Um, so before we shut her down, I do want to just make, uh, cover some of these comments that i didn't want to interrupt the flow of the conversation with Sad says 100 relate and identify with chad uh and gerard says thanks for sharing fantastic um absolutely thank you so much chad for sharing uh because it absolutely. is true uh carl says a valued listener essentially a quiet processor that's a great uh i like that that's a great line i like that a lot of quiet processor and i'm not sure what satch means by overstand but overstand <laughs> <laughs> we'll check the urban dictionary for that one you're uh you're muted there sean you're still muted there we sorry, go sorry boys i believe outstand is just above outstanding overstand mm. is over outstanding no is that Might is be. that the new word <laughs> I, i'm like above it, outstanding it's even better than outstanding. You you no longer are even above ring. outstanding. You are overstanding. Yes, I like that quite a bit. You know what, Satch? We're making a new word. Yeah. Overstand. Congratulations! You're the overstander <laughs> of the day. <laughs> I like it. So, um, yeah. Before we shut her down, any final thoughts on anything we've talked about so far today, or anything you want to share? Burning in the back of your head, uh, Jason. Off the top of my head, no, I wasn't really sure where the conversation was going to go when we started. You know, we were talking about fa funny family history and and uh, last names and uh, you falling out of airplanes uh, yep. into, yeah, the journey we've been on now. I, I always enjoy the conversations we have because you never know where they're going to go. It's awesome. Overstanding. <laughs> Over, <laughs> overstanding. <laughs> Actually, Chad, what yeah, do you think? No, you know, same thing. I, every time with you guys you know and i appreciate the, the the invite and when you when you get me on there from the podcast we had to, you know last time i was on the collective till now i i take bits and pieces from everybody right and rethink those and remold my approach and look at my approach differently and and things of that nature so no man i i always appreciate the invite so i can come on here and learn from you guys and be able to you know spread more of this so we can reach more people as well so it's our pleasure having you sean final thoughts Final thoughts. While I'm over here standing, watching the overstanding dudes in front of me, and it's fun. Thanks for uh, showing up, boys, and bringing the heat. Uh, the conversation morphed in a few different ways, and the ways that it morphed are the ways it was supposed to morph, because as I look at it right now, it's a fantastic conversation. So thanks.
Yes, sir. Thank you. Agree. Well, um, again, thank you so much, Jason, again, for joining us. You know, I might have to make you a standard at some day, maybe Uh kind of like Satch. So you'll be like a a Tuesday regular or something. We'll figure it out. I'm I'm going to see if I can jimmy in here. Um, I'll work work on my radio face. Yeah. (laughs) Your radio face. (laughs) Uh, Take some time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, there you go. Satch finally yeah. clipped in here. Better than understand. I guess to overstand. <laughs> oh, I like that. I, get, I well like played. it. Either way, it's um, it's a thing now. So be aware. And uh, yeah, Chad, really appreciate you joining us again. You got an open chair here anytime, brother. Love it. Appreciate uh, it. If you're wandering around at like you're in Arizona. so Arizona, yeah. Mountain time? We're Pacific out here for now. And then Pacific. in the fall, it we go to mountain time. It's we don't change our clocks. We just kind of fall in between certain time zones. Just like to confuse people. I get it. I see, yeah. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Arizona, well, you know, the thorn in the side of a lot of America sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're uh, hanging out and you got nothing to do, shoot me a message. We can always get you on here at any point in time. So got it. as we all uh, as we all have these overstanding conversations, help us learn, build and grow as better human beings. We can do that here every day on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.